Thoughts from the Flu. Um, I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Samantha. Hello, friends. <laughs> and we're here to talk to you this week all about um, mainly The Mandalorian, but there will be definitely some talks about Star Wars in general. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, that if you have not seen any part of The Mandalorian or Star Wars in general, you definitely need to jump ship. You need to you need to get into your exit pod and just head back down to Alderaan, maybe not Alderaan, but you know. Anyway. No, maybe maybe not Alderaan, considering it doesn't exist anymore, but you know, maybe you could get <laughs> off with car and you would be okay. <laughs> um, but we are gonna start off our episode this week talking about a uh, a fan theory. I found a fan theory that deals mainly with the Mandalorian, but there are a ton out there dealing with Star Wars in general. My my favorite Star Wars one being that Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. Which actually makes a ton of sense once you it actually does. start digging into it. If you have not looked it up, highly recommend. Go Google that. Yes. <laughs> it's fabulous. But my uh, fan theory it comes from the finale of season two, where we have the lovely, lovely chance of meeting Luke Skywalker. <laughs> And R2. R2 comes because when Grogu, baby Yoda, is on the, the rock that in that uh, a couple episodes previous before he gets taken, he calls out to a Jedi and you find out in the final episode that that is Luke Skywalker. Well, R2 is so happy, so happy in BB to see Grogu that it makes you wonder that did they meet while they were on Coruscant in the Jedi Temple before Order 66? Well, this fan theory I did not write down who had it. I am so sorry. If I figure it out, I'll put it in our description box for our YouTube video. But they believe that R2-D2 saved Grogu from Order 66 in the Jedi Temple. And not only Ooh. that, they believe that R2 was a rebel agent along with Chewbacca because they are the only two that remember what happened at Order 66. R2's memory wasn't wiped like all the other droids were. And Chewie remembers all the past information from before the Empire took over. And they think that they are responsible for getting everybody where they need to be in the original trilogy. He gets Han, Chewie gets Han to go work for Jabba. And then R2 ends up with Luke and gets Luke to go and find Obi-Wan and gets everybody where they need to be in order to bring down the Empire. I like this. It made me so happy. R2 and Chewie are just the OG rebels. Yes. And then the fact that, you know, later on in the episode, or the series, when R2 goes into what I call his little hissy fit and goes goes on into his, uh, his low power mode when Luke is gone is just proof that he's like, I'm not doing this without him. I set this whole thing up so that he will save the Empire yes. and then he goes and disappears on me. Yes. Done. <laughs> There's also that thing where everybody thinks that Star Wars is told through the eyes of R2. They have a point. (laughs) Right? See, just to explain, I am very not well-versed at all in a lot of fan theories outside of, like, Jar Jar being a Sith Lord. So this is all new information to me. So all of these reactions that you see um, or are hearing are, are just very genuine and I've, so I've never heard these thoughts before, but I kind of dig them. Oh yeah. And it's been like, it's been a big deal about who saves 
Baby Yoda from oh yeah Order sixty six, and so like the idea that um, R two feels like he knows him in the end yeah it kind of makes you wonder it's like they at least passed cross while they were in it and somebody did save him from anakin's poor decisions yeah man either that or grogu just was like bffs with anakin and just was like you know you're an all right dude i hope you have a nice day and anakin was just like you're cute you're cute (laughs) i can't hurt you I'm gonna go murder all the other younglings, but but you're fine. Let's let's hope Kylo has the same thoughts. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I really don't want him to have lived through one like Jedi massacre. Only only to... <laughs> oh my god! I will ben. be freaking Ben. I would be a disaster. Oh, they would that child. <laughs> Disney would just have to deal with a bunch of rioting fans that would just revolt and <laughs> like attack the studios and I don't know. I, I feel like there would be yeah. You know how they have like the stormtrooper helmets on pikes and Moss Eisley? Yes. Yes. Um I'm Outside not condoning of, violence. Outs- I'm just saying. <laughs> But I feel like if they killed Baby Yoda, they might be dealing with a a riot. (laughs) I mean, we'll get into this in the main content, but, like, when they took him in the seventh episode, I think it was, of second season? Yeah. Um, Sixth or seventh. I literally was yelling at my TV. Oh, yeah. Just the idea. When they kicked him in the bag, I was like... Nobody hits Baby Yoda. I was like, I will. I have access to certain chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> just jokingly, but you know. <laughs> you know, you just don't mess with him. You don't touch. Oh, yeah, no. You don't, don't touch the little wrinkles on his head. You don't hurt the child. Mm-hmm. You do not touch. Not the at child. all. All right. Well, our main content this, this today, this day, whatever this, I was day, going to say. this January thirty first, or whenever you are listening to it, <laughs> watching. We are going to talk about some fun Easter eggs that are found in the Mandalorian that kind of tie back to the Star Wars sagas. And we're just going to talk about eggs in general. Yes, because eggs. Eggs in Mando. <laughs> And then at the end, I think we're going to give you our power rankings on where we stand with the three oh, man. Yep. Which was might a very be less of a ranking. <laughs> it might be less of like a, a one, two, three, four, five, six ranking, etc. And yes. more of a here are my tiers of films <laughs> and how I would group them. Good. We'll have different we'll have different categories then because like mine is a one through eleven ranking nice and so nice. yours will be oh six. did you include like rogue one and the I, han solo saga I did. Uh, okay gotcha cool I, well i can share some of my thoughts on those too yes that'll be a little more organic nice. yes yeah cool. definitely and i was gonna put the mandalorian in there but my love for baby yoda would just put it at number oh, one yeah. i just yeah. can't include it i can't 
it, it holds a dear place in my heart. That's fair. Uh, in case you uh, are not, I can't speak words. <laughs> um, in case you're not aware, uh, Shannon here is just minorly obsessed with uh, Baby Yoda, just, just a little bit. Uh, as you can see, okay. she has a giant big Baby Yoda, it's really cuddly. A couple of pop figures back there, like 50 gazillion pieces of clothing, <laughs> mugs, everything. I like his face. Yes. <laughs> I, totally I, I got, um, uh, for, for Christmas, someone purchased me a Baby Yoda dress. It has not arrived yet, but I'm very what? excited. That sounds glorious. I even I wrote all pictures. of my notes in a Baby Yoda notebook. It's I shouldn't be surprised at this time. I've accepted it. Yeah, it's, you know, there are worse problems to have. Exactly. I was... I always joke with people who are like, why do you spend your money on all that stuff? And I was like, well, there's worse things I could be addicted to. Yeah, man. Baby Yoda is definitely a... A harmless Star Wars character. Yeah. <laughs> there could be... I hurt the, hurt the bank a little bit sometimes, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I work multiple jobs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's fine. Oh, it is fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, would you like to start us off? Yeah, uh, with Easter eggs. So I figure maybe we can talk about season one and mm -hmm. a little bit and then get into season two. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. good. Cool. Um, well, one of my personal favorite ones um, were the, the pit droids that showed up at uh, Pelimato's place, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad with the names of all the characters. I'm like, that one. <laughs> So I have to look them all up. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah. Um, just, it really took me back to, not even the original trilogy, but the prequels, <laughs> to Phantom Menace, uh, when you just got to see them uh, working on pod razors during the release. And they really are just actually terrible at being a pit crew, which is funny because that's like their purpose. <laughs> and yet you always see them getting sucked into things and just being really bad at their job. Um, but that took me back to Phantom Menace and fun story. I think Shannon knows this, but Phantom was actually, oh, maybe you don't know this. I think you do. Maybe. Maybe. I'll just start telling it and then we'll go from there. Maybe you'll be like, oh yeah, <laughs> maybe not. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but Phantom Menace was actually the first film that my dad ever tried to take me to see. Really? Uh, it came out in 1997. I was born in 1997. <laughs> so he, he tried to take little baby Samantha to the movie theater to watch Phantom Menace, which is a very like Star Wars fan dad thing to do. You know, putting, indoctrinating your child into the Star Wars fandom just right off the bat above any other consideration, including the fact that, you know, babies don't usually do well. At movie theaters. Out of curiosity, what month did it come out in? Uh, let me look that up because I don't actually remember. Um, so I feel like it was probably what, like a summer blockbuster? So. Because at that rate. It came out in May. May 19th was when it came out. Oh, wait, actually, was it 1999? I swear it was 97. Don't forget, they remastered them sometimes. Yes. Let me. Original. Let me. Wait, has my life been a lie? 
either way, it still is a great story. 99. Okay. Apparently it was 99. Um, but so my life's been a lie. But it, it still like applies because I was literally only like two years old at that point in time. Yeah, you literally just turned two. Yeah, yeah. Side note, our, both of our birthdays are in April. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So yeah, no, I guess, okay. I wasn't a little infant. I was two years old. But I mean- I've been mistaken. But the same thing kind of happens, you know. He, he wanted to indoctrinate me right from the start. And that still was really like the first movie, I think, that I'd ever attempted to go see in the theaters. And it, you know, it was a great idea until, you know, the lights went out and the music went, bah, bah, and then, you know, I can't sing because, you know, copyright and all that on YouTube and podcasts. But, you know, the theme started playing really loud and then little baby Samantha starts screaming. And so he had to get his, um, his money refunded. But the heart was there to start indoctrinating me. Was there. So Phantom Menace holds a special place in my heart. I can see so that. So pit droids. I got very excited. That's honestly an adorable story. And, and I know you thought it was it was like the year you were born, but I think it even makes it better that you were two because like oh, yeah. at two, you're learning to talk. So it's like, <laughs> had you survived, I could just like survive the, the loud noise in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> I could have just seen tiny Samantha just chit-chatting as loud as she could during the whole movie. <laughs> yes. Which, to be fair, is still kind of, Samantha currently it's just it's whispers yeah so whoever's with me it's fine I can concur this what's one of your favorite easter eggs from season one okay so my easter egg is probably a little less brings you back to necessarily like the core of the movies but I thought a lot of the cool things about the first the first season were all the um the small little uh I want to say cameos, but like in the episode, the prison break, when um, Mando helps his old crew break out, I can't think of, think of the guy's name currently. Um, the X, the X-Wings that come to destroy the, um, the base where the crew, he takes the, the guy back to yeah. before, before they all get blown up is actually the three X-Wings are actually three directors. Yep from the Mandalorian and one of them is actually the creator of Clone Wars Dave Filoni yes. and he's also a creator of the Mandalorian yes and the creator of my all-time favorite character Ahsoka we'll get to that later yes <laughs> um, and then there's also Deborah Chow yep who is touted as the very first female Star Wars director yes and then I'm going to butcher his last name and I apologize um Rick and you Iowa things um they are uh the three x-wing fighters that come and um take take them out and um yeah. i think that's just fantastic and the fact yes. that like you know dave filoni who is this uber star wars nerd and just loves all things about the the the, the story gets to be in an x-wing and gets to fight oh yes fantastic oh oh absolutely and then to take it another another thing which i loved ig11 Yes. And IG-11 is voiced by a director as well, which is... Um, Taika Waititi, right? Taika Waititi, who fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will know... One of my favorite directors. <laughs> yes. He is the voice of Korg in Thor Ragnarok and in Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Yes. Um, but he's actually also directing Thor Love and Thunder. Yep. 
Ent? Didn't he direct the... I think he directed Ragnarok, didn't he? Yeah, I think he directed Ragnarok, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of the the name. I was like, the one with with what's-his-face. I'm really good at with names, guys. I just, I love all the little, like... Yeah. The, the fact that like, you know, you could be directing it, but here, oh, yeah. have a part in it as well. For sure. And I would, I mean, I would definitely do that if I had any sort of role in the production, whether I was like directing or producing or writing or anything, I would just be like, can I, can I please just have a little cameo? Even just put me in a stormtrooper costume and I'll just, I'll just walk happily around. You can kill me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And speaking of fun cameos, uh, the same episode, Matt Lanter, who is the voice yes. of Anakin. Anakin in Clone Wars is the poor guy who dies. Of- <laughs> After sending the, uh, the distress signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the voice of Anakin. I forget about that. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, one of the ones that I found really interesting that I didn't necessarily like know about until I did a little bit of research was mm-hmm. actually the, the Imperial Troop Transport that showed up. Um. This also like had an appearance um, in like Star Wars Rebels, um, but other than that, it hasn't shown up in any other um, cinematic adaptation. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something um, that was actually based off of the first Star Wars toy that was released in like 1979. Oh, that's really cool. So it wasn't even something that was from like the original trilogy or any of the other films. It was something that yeah. originated from a toy. And they started to bring it in with Rebels, and then you saw it again in The Mandalorian. And it's literally just like a transport carrier thing for Imperial troops, but that, I I don't know. The history buff in me was like, this is super nerdy, and I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of have one of those for season two. Um, The the spider monster? Yes. In the episode where, gosh darn it, Baby Yoda eats eggs, and everything else in sight. Um, No. That monster is actually in a drawing for Empire. It was supposed to be the monster that Luke fights. So Space Aragog was originally supposed to appear. Yeah, he's Empire. It's supposed to be an Empire. There is a drawing. Um, I'll find it and I'll stick it on um, our Facebook page and our um, Instagram. Yeah, that'd be Um, great. And you, uh, it's all the little tiny spiders are there too and yeah it was supposed to be in the cave that luke goes into instead of the um the ban- no it's not a bantha the bantha are the giant things they ride that snow monster thing yeah i'm really again i'm really bad with names yeah it's snow <laughs> monster thing that attacks the snow luke. monster thing and yeti. then the space, yeti. space yeti yep. space yeti <laughs> space yeti we have space aragog and space yeti well that's interesting now I need to, I'm looking up this, this drawing because I'm really curious now. Yeah, it, it's really kind of cool because it's like they, they kind of went into the archives oh. and like, hey, look at this thing. That's so cool. I mean, the creature itself is just kind of terrifying and mm-hmm. I don't even have issues with spiders, but it, it made me very uncomfy. <laughs> but that's really interesting. I did not know that. I appreciate this. That whole episode, I, I had a hard time watching the end. Yeah. There were a lot of spiders. There were a lot of spiders. That many, man. It gets a little, a little rough. Another one of mine, I thought, which is kind of an obvious one, um, are yes. just all the nods of being back on Tatooine. 
You get to go to the cantina. Marseille. Marseille. Yeah. Marseille place. <laughs> I love the fact that when he goes to um, the cantina in the first season, they actually sit at the booth. The exact same at Guido and Han sit at when, um, yes. spoiler warning, Han shot first. Yep. <laughs> if you think otherwise, um, you're entitled to your incorrect opinion. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna have a lot of incorrect. Well, we're actually okay. we actually agree on um on our our feelings of uh, Rise of Skywalker, unlike the rest of the world. Yes. So we're gonna we'll lose we'll lose some people. We'll lose some people. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but then I just like the fact that like you know they have the you see the two sons and yes. Um, you get to see the sand people again. And I like the fact that this time around that you see people actually try to speak to the sand people. Oh, yeah. They, they use a form of sign language to right. speak to each other. And I think it's actually having communication. Yes. That and Mando makes- can just straight up like speak. Sand, sand people? Sand person? I don't know. If you guys know what sand that language people. would be called, uh, drop it in the comments. Because uh, somehow sand peopleese does not sound like the technical term. And then I just love the fact that we get to meet the little shits that are the Jawas again. Oh, yes. Oh, goodness. And that brings us into another Easter egg. Because in Chapter 2, you know, Mando actually disintegrates some of the Jawas. And that goes back to, uh, you know, Empire, when Darth Vader was talking to Boba Fett and was like, no disintegrations. Because evidently, Boba had a history of disintegrating uh, the people that he was going after. So... (laughs) Mando's just following in his footsteps. Yep. <laughs> oh man. I just I just love how they're just complete little little shits. And then they're just like, go get us this egg. Yes. Go get us this egg. We're not gonna tell you why we want this egg, but go go defeat go this mudborn and get it for us. And then he brings it back and they literally just have a massive dinner party. Thanks for getting us lunch, Mando. (laughs) I would just be like, really, guys? (laughs) I nearly died. The child saved me. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Oh, Jawas. Jawas are fun creatures. They are. Well, so I read Anthony Daniels, who is C-3PO. I read his memoir that he wrote about being C-3PO. Yeah. Very fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Um, But one of the funny parts that he was talking about is because, you know, back when the original trilogy was made, it was, it was the seventies. Yeah. The, the technology back then was not as revolutionary as it is today. Right. And the Jawas were just people in Jawa costumes with eyes that lit up. And like every now and then he'd say, you look over to Jawa and one of its eyes would be like, (laughs) it just fallen to pieces. (laughs) <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah. Jawas Jawas are great I, I love them I love them uh, like they're kind of you know those like Sour Patch commercials where it's like they're first sour now they're sweet I feel like that's like Jawas <laughs> yeah, except usually they're talking. not very sweet it's just that they're kind of cute and mm-hmm. that's the sweet part mm-hmm. you're like oh you're I guess you're kind of adorable even though you're weird sort of way even though you just you know took all the parts off of my ship and now are trying to sell them back to me but it's 
I had to go get you breakfast in order for me to get my recipe. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just a lot of the little details, like you said. Um, and even just small little verbal um, references. Uh, going back to the prisoner, um, chapter six, uh, when yeah, makes Mayfield is, you know, making fun of Mando because he always wears his helmet. Yeah. At least, at least in season one. Yeah. Um, and you know, he just says, "Is that why you said don't want to show your face?" <laughs> it's like, hi, it's the Gungans. Yes. Bring the Gungans back, <laughs> even though that's highly controversial. But. Or even when you know Mando and Toro were were chasing Fennec in the desert, and he was just like, "Oh, she's got the high ground." Yeah. <laughs> the way yeah. for us to make the first move. It's like the high ground. The high ground. I know about that. <laughs> And there's also, I think it's in the first season when Kara, she's, she says something and she goes, um, she, she goes, it's a trap. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Black Bar. Yes. Um, and then, um, another, speaking of Kara, 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 um, yes. she kind of pulls us, she gives us a sense that, um, you know, people from Alderaan still survived outside of right. you know, Princess Leia, right. um, because she is, um, she's a rebel dropshipper from the war, but she was from Alderaan, right. and um, she was obviously not on Alderaan the day it exploded, right. but um, it gives you that little tie that somewhere out there in the, in the universe, there's there other Alderaanians. I like it. Sure, let's go with yeah. it. Go with it. They um they still they're still out there and they still survive, which I think is kind right. of fun. Yes, because you know in the in in New Hope you really get this sense of just like Leia is the last yeah person for Alderaan to be alive, but then right. like, Mara and it's like other people lived. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, and just like tying in those little other elements that kind of open up, you know, new questions or other components of the universe that we might have thought were like over and done with Mm -hmm. um like if you go to you know look at dr pershing his uniform it has yeah i have that written down yep yeah he has the uh the logo Um, that we see uh from camino uh attack of the clones Mm -hmm. um and again going back to my childhood attack of the clones was like my jam i used to watch that movie over and over again so it made me very excited (laughs) to realize like oh hey he might be from Camino which could also give some indications for like additional things that they were using for abuse blood for which I might talk about a little bit more uh season two-ish oh yeah yeah definitely um I have a lot for season two Yes. But um, another cute little, I guess it's not really cute. I don't really know why I said cute. Another fun little um, uh, like Easter egg, thank you, I can think of words, is in the Sanctuary episode where they go to the cute little town and you could, Baby Yoda has so much fun playing with all the kids. Yes. And yes. Yes. Um, there's an ATST. Yes. And it downs much more terrifying in Mandalorian. Like back when it was in Return of the Jedi, it was just kind of like clunky and like, oh, the Ewoks could take this down. That's not too bad. But now this time around, it's like, it's terrifying. Holy heck, that's the ATST. 
Right. It almost it, the the way they have it like beat up and dirty almost makes it look like it's a little like um uh rabid. Yeah, it's like a little feral ATST yes. almost. Yeah. And like the, the Ford the, Anglia in the <laughs> Forbidden Forest, but it's an ATST. That's perfect. Yeah. I also just loved this is not really an Easter egg, but I just loved Mando's like lack of tact when he went and, you know, saw all these Imperial like, troopers and the ATSC and everything and just came back and was like, bad news. Uh, you can't live here anymore. You just gotta leave. No use trying to fight it. Just, no, nope, just, just, just leave. Find a new just place get out of here. It's fine. fine. That's simple, right? Just find a new place to live. You're good. Nobody, yeah. uh, no, no, you could just up and move your whole village. Yeah. It's fine. It's not like, you know, the source of your livelihood exists on this planet specifically, so. It's, it's not like you've lived here forever. Yeah, it's fine. it's fine. You can just leave, right? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of little references, uh, I don't know if you caught this. I definitely did not catch this when I was watching, mm-hmm. but it was something that kind of came in um, as I was doing some additional background research. Um, there's actually a back alley scene um in season one I can't remember which episode it is but as like Mando is walking through one of those really sketchy back alleys um you actually see the pole that Luke Leia and Han uh tried to stop the trash compactor with um back in the original trilogy just like propped up against the wall casually seriously yes (laughs) I have to go look at that now. Yes. Now rewatch it. It's just one of those tiny details with like the set design that just takes you back uh, to the original trilogy. It just really ties the entire universe together. And I don't know. It's that's that so- attention to detail. That's just like yes. glorious. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like um, with, I don't remember which season it is in, but the ITO droid which is used mm-hmm. New Hope, New New Hope, New Hope, to um, torture Leia is yep. brought is is in this as well, and yep. it's just like the little the little nods to the fact that like yeah. you know you think the Empire is gone, right? But, but actually, and like when Mando, you know, is getting payment for bringing in Baby Yoda, um, the little thing that looks like a little ice cream machine that they mm-hmm. hand him the Beskar in. It's apparently mm-hmm. called a Cam Tono. Oh. And it that was the first time it actually was named. Um, mm-hmm. But when you go back uh, and watch Empire, you can actually see, um, you know, when everybody's evacuating Cloud City, there's an extra that's like carrying one of those. <laughs> so funny story. If you've ever, on Disney Plus, they do a behind the scenes kind of like extra show on the Mandalorian and it's like uh, a creating of it and in one of the episodes they actually talk about him yes it's fascinating because like one of the one of the episodes is like completely about the puppet that is baby Yoda yes and there are five people who have to control him yeah man incredible and then they also show you the terrible drawings that they they thought of beforehand before he was this cute adorable thing where he's kind of like terrifying yeah yeah terrifying um but no that is funny you brought that up yeah they actually talk about him and they actually yes. like freeze frame it and circle it so you can see it and yes 
but speaking of that same part, um, the, I have it written down. What did I call it? It's called the gatekeeper droid. I wrote eyeball mm. to it. Um, it's at Jabba's palace in yes. uh, Return of the Jedi. And it's the thing that pops out to let Mando into their headquarters when he yep. stupidly decides to give baby Yoda up. Yep. It's the little things. Yeah. And that just like bring the movie magic. They do. Or TV magic. Cool beans. Do you have any other uh, Easter eggs from season one that you wanted season- to chat about? I don't think so. I didn't write mine down by uh by uh, no words. Mine are just kind of random. So That's I think okay. I think I think the rest of mine are in season two. Okay, cool. Then we can transition to season two Easter eggs. Yeah. All um, right. What do you have? Oh, side note. I did have yes. one more season two or season one. Excellent. Um, they freeze. Amanda freezes all his catches in carbonite. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. And then the most obvious Easter egg of all is yes. what species is Yoda? Because right. maybe Yoda ties us back to Yoda. Yep. In Yaddle. Yep. Yes. Yeah. We don't. We don't yet know. Yeah. What. And nobody ever really pays attention to Yaddle. Mm-mm. Like Ahsoka is just kind of like, oh, I've only ever known one. One. Like you. Ouch. But didn't she interact with Yaddle at some point? Or did you already have... know of her? I have not finished Clone Wars. And I, I haven't have watched it watch Rebels. So. I've yet to watch Rebels, so I don't know if she's okay. ever. But I know she's known Yoda because I, I always yeah. thought it was interesting that they were going to bring her in because yeah. was, she's going to be able to tell you a lot about him because yeah. she interacted with Master Yoda so much. Right. Yeah. Um, but my first big tie back to a, 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 a another version of the, the fandom is... Uh, the fact that you find out that Mando is a child of Death Watch. Yes. So if you have not watched Clone Wars and you want to watch Clone Wars, stop listening now and go watch Clone Wars and then come back and see us. But if you don't care, please listen on. Um, Death Watch is a form of man- the Mandalorians who were evil. They tried to take over man- Mandalore, the home planet of the Mandalorians, mm-hmm. And they overthrew Sabine, who was the ruler, and they wielded the Death Saber. And they were a rogue group of man of, of Mandalorians. And the fact that Din Darin is a child of them right. is interesting because for the longest time you thought he was a Mandalorian and you were sitting there going, Well, why doesn't he take his helmet off? Because that's never been a thing. Right. So it's like, did Death Watch somehow transition into this we don't take our helmets off which just means that all of those mandos that you meet in um the little city i can't remember its name of that he goes back to where kara and and on them live but they're all they all have to have been part of death watch because none of them will take their I think that's Navarro. Navarro, yeah. Yeah, it's a planet, Navarro. at least. I don't know the city, but... Yeah, this, yeah, planet Navarro. Um, it just, it's, it's interesting because you think, yeah. in your mind, you're like, oh, he's a Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter. He's just like Boba Fett. Right. And then you're like, wait a minute. His yeah, bad. <laughs> right. And I mean, yeah. I think she refers to him as, like, being a member of the Watch. So it's possible that you know, it isn't necessarily like 
Death Watch as it was originally. It's kind of what it's morphed into, but still like coming from those that lineage almost is is very interesting. It adds yeah. some additional depth. Yes, definitely. And kind of going piggybacking off of that, yeah. um, I again have not seen much of the Clone Wars or Rebels. Um, I need to get my act together on some of these things. It's fine. Um, but the Night Owls, you know, Bo-Katan and her two other peeps mm-hmm. that show up um, yes. seem to be a member or affiliated with the Night Owls since because of like the blue hued armor and everything. So Yes. I think they look awesome. Oh, yeah. They look BA. fantastic. And going off of that, we can yes. go right into Bo-Katan, yes. who is also from Clone Wars, who is the sister of Sabine, who was the ruler of Mandalore. So she is now the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Uh, but I think the coolest part outside of her just being yes. in it is that she is played by Katie Sackhoff, yes. who is the voice of Bo-Katan in Clone yes. Wars. And it was so sweet. She posted a picture of taking her dad to the set who is a massive Star Wars fan who got her into Star Wars. So she goes, the fact that I could bring him to a live Star Wars set was like peak goals for her. That's precious. So cute. Oh, I love that. That's glorious. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of, kind of similar to what we talked about earlier, um, a lot of the things that really stood out to me were just like the little elements you know, you got to see Mon Calamari again and the Corrin yes. on Trask. Um, the Corrin are kind of just butts. Because uh, I'm pretty sure they're the ones that, you know, do the whole let's get Mando eaten by things and feed Baby Yoda away. But it's fine. Then Bo-Katan. Monster thing. It was fine. Bo-Katan and her peeps showed up and yes. then everything was fine. And, you know, you get to see some Gazanti cruisers, um, which is the one, like, being flown by the Imperials, the guy that ends up, like, shooting everybody else and all those fun things. Um, but it was also interesting to see the practical side of AT-ATs. Because, <laughs> you know, like, when you see them in the original trilogy, it's, you kind of just are like, okay, this is a really stupid design. Yeah, you can just trip it up and mess it up this easily. But then you can see, okay, you know, it actually works as a crane very nicely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I always think of Civil War. Yeah. With AT. <laughs> Remember that really old movie? Ah, <laughs> uh, Spider Man. But I think one of my cool, one of the ones that I found cool, because I didn't remember this, and after reading it, I kind of was, like, thinking about it, and I went back and actually watched Return of the Jedi last night. Yeah. And, um, in the Return, no, not Return of the Jedi, New Hope. Um, yeah. In New Hope, when C-3PO and R2 are dropped into the Dune Sea. Yeah. Um, you see a crate dragon skeleton. Yep. And yep. I never really put that, those two together. Yeah. Dragon episode and then that. I forgot about that. But that was definitely like a really cool one. I know when watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the crate dragon in the show was like impressive to like. Oh yeah. Watch. Oh yeah. That and then I seriously thought that the guy walking in was going to be Boba. And then when he wasn't Boba, I was like, why you got Boba's armor? Right. (laughs) 
but that was a, another fun one, right? It was, yeah. Boba's yeah, armor yeah. showing up. Boba's armor showing up. And then leading into Boba, Boba. himself showing yeah. up. And Which somehow. I think is funny because like, I, I've never really dived into the books yeah. of Star Wars. There's a ton of them. Yeah. It's more yeah. along the lines of not that I don't want to, more along the lines of I don't know where to start. Right. Because there's so right. many. But um, in the books, I believe you find out Boba survived yeah. the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. And so it wasn't super shocking when they decided to bring him back because yeah. in, in the other form of canon, he did, he did in fact survive, which I think right. is kind of fun because like he is this massive fan favorite, even yes. though he wasn't in the, the series that long. Right. Like my brother... Jake, he is obsessed with Boba. Right. And good. I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I never really got that. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe no. maybe it's just I never me. Did. Yeah. I, I don't know. I never understood why people were so obsessed with Boba. I didn't even was like, so little, but now that we're actually getting to see more of him in action, I'm like, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Boba after his <laughs> after his nice matte matte paint job. Oh yeah. You looking fine. Heck yeah. <laughs> but I, my brother refused to watch the second season until all the episodes were out. Yeah. And he, I need to be able to binge it. I need to be able to binge it. And we watched the, we watched when he came back and then he got his paint job and then he kept with them. And then at the end of the series, when you find out that Boba's getting his spinoff series, I literally texted him in all caps, go watch them all. You yes. will love what's going to happen. Yes. But um, oh, I wanted to look that up. Give me one second. I never did last night. I fell asleep. Oh, you're good. That's another lesson that we learn is apparently becoming a crime lord makes you really fat. Apparently. So. I love the fact that they had him on the throne. I know. It's kind of marvelous. Yes. Yes. So I was correct. I didn't want to say it unless I was not correct. Um, the person who's playing boba mm-hmm. uh timura morrison mm-hmm. was Django fett yeah man in um, bringing back the og yeah which i thought which is fun yes. a lot of fun that and piggybacking off of off of uh boba i love the fact that when boba goes to see when they go to get bo to help them and her her um her commander the other the other Mandalorian with her is mm-hmm. like you're just a clone. Yes, and I'm just like yes, because you are. Yes, well, and then too because he references you know how he can't scan his face. Yes, because they you know, they, they would know him immediately. Yeah, there'd be like a thousand and one hits, probably much more than that, but. Oh, yeah, no, no, I get what yeah. you're saying. It's just, it's those little details because it's like, you kind of forget sometimes that Boba technically is a clone. Yep. Yep. He's just a clone of Django. <laughs> yes. You got any more for season two? Oh, I have a couple. Um, one is another little like tidbit that I found out, not actually because I am an all-knowing Star Wars fan, because I'm not, as you can tell. Um <laughs> really bad with names especially like on that one <laughs> that guy he's a great guy one who did this <laughs> yeah that um but uh corvus 
um, the planet where Ahsoka is living is mm -hmm. apparently actually the name of the ship used uh, in the Star Wars Battlefront 2 game oh. um, by this group called Inferno Squad. So I have not played that game, but that was another fun tidbit. Uh, so if any of you are, are gamers out there, um, you might have been familiar with that Easter egg already. You said but, you said Corvus, and my mind went to Fantastic Beasts. Oh, same. <laughs> when they first said it, you have to go to Corvus. I was like, interesting, uh, interesting way to do a crossover here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fun. I didn't know that. I, I forget. There's so many. There's so many fun Star Wars yeah. videos out there besides, you know, Star Wars Lego that I yeah. play. That's okay. Uh, I don't know. You aren't really a simmer, but they recently, recently, I guess in the last year or so-ish, maybe, I don't know. I feel like I've lost track of time since the pandemic started. Um, so I think it was within the past year, but they came out with their uh, their Journey to Batuu pack, which is You're a Star it. Wars. I've played it. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people were very unhappy <laughs> with it. I, I kind of like it, um, but that's just because I'm a Star Wars nerd. And a lot of the, the actual items that come with it are super fun and super cool. Don't you have pork statues outside your house? Yes, there's a little wooden pork carving <laughs> that you can just place in places. And I use that like in almost all of my builds. It's great. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't play Sims. I'm, I'm more of a, a Lego, a Lego game. I like when they all fall apart and one of my favorite parts about Lego Star Wars is that if you, I, I try to avoid playing as um, Lando because if he gets too close to Leia, he consistently kisses her hand. And I'm like, we're in yes. the middle of a fight. Stop yes. kissing her. Like, I know you are trying to be flirtatious, but priorities, sir. Right. The stormtroopers actually do hit us in this, not like Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking of stormtroopers, we're yes. to I I want to call them death troopers. I don't think they're death troopers. They're, they're dark not, troopers because there are death troopers that we see in Rogue One, and those are actually like just an elite yes class of they're still human troopers. troopers that are basically yeah. like Navy SEALs, but yes, these are dark troopers yes. who no longer have a human component. Yes. And are terrifying. Oh, yeah. And take my precious, precious baby Yoda away yeah. from his father. We don't talk about that. They look marvelous. Oh, they're incredible. Yes, they're very cool. I would um, see one and just be like, okay, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. I'm sufficiently intimidated just by seeing them. Yeah, me too. Me too. Another fun little tidbit is um, I didn't notice it when watching. Or maybe I did. I don't remember. Um, is you get to see a back a back to tank? Yeah, they talk through a back to tank, which is kind of fun. And I always think it's fun in Rogue One when you get to see Vader coming out of his back to tank. Yes, I think it's kind of like a fun little like secret. Yes. Well, not really a secret, but just like a fun little like idea that he still has to go into this back to tank to keep himself viable. I was gonna say moist, but I hate that. <laughs> Not totally incorrect, though. Gotta make sure he's hydrated. Make sure he's hydrated. <laughs> Gotta keep the... What yeah. remains, you know? What remains of him? That Obi-Wan didn't drop off. You know, it's fine. You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. 
supposed to destroy them. them. I'm done. (laughs) It's fine. It's over, Anakin. (laughs) I have the high ground. You don't understand. Whenever I'm like in the forest and I find a stump, (laughs) you just have to stand on top of the stump and just say it's over. I have the high ground. It's okay. So back back in like eighth grade, um, me and um, me and a friend who I'm I'm no longer friends with, sadly, um, we were obsessed with teaching ourselves that fight, yes. and we slow moed the DVD <laughs> and taught ourselves that lightsaber battle. That's glorious. Yeah, and we did the we did the. Um, I was Obi Wan. She was Anakin, and we would do like the we would we would do the the lines all of it and like my favorite part was when she would be like laying on the ground and I'd be on top of the couch and be like I have the high ground can we uh, do a recreation for the channel <laughs> yeah I'm here for it excellent I'm 100% here for it just as long as I can you know spit profusely as yeah. I scream I hate you oh please do and then fall into a body of water because I don't have water or I'll just fall on the floor because the floor is lava. <laughs> the floor is lava. We'll put a red blanket around. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, mess around with some really bad CGI. Yes. So I have no yes. idea how to do that. So it's one of those things that I'd love to learn. Right? But. Yeah. Well, that's like when I edited our first episode, I was like, wow, a little choppy. It'll work. It's okay. We'll get better as, as we go along. All right. So I know you've been wanting to talk about it, but Ahsoka Tano. My sweet, sweet Ahsoka. It was a toss-up between wearing this Baby Yoda shirt with Ahsoka. Very, it was a very hard decision. Um. So Ahsoka is um, Dave Filoni's creation. She is. Cre- she. You first meet her in Clone Wars, um, and then the Jedi kind of kick her out for something she didn't do. And then they're like, JK, we know you didn't do it. Come on back. And she's just like, yeah, I'm good. But I think one of her defining characteristics that everybody loves is that she's just, she's very hopeful. Mm-hmm. She always sees the good in everything. Yeah. Um, she's, she's actually fun to it. She's voiced by um, Ashley. Not, oh my God. I'm blanking on her name how dare I um, uh, I'm gonna get kicked out Ashley Eckstein Ashley Eckstein who fun fact runs my favorite clothing brand her universe yes. excellent clothing pricey get it on sale but excellent um, and lots of nerdy things too. oh it's all nerdy it's all nerdy it's Disney Star Wars uh, she'll do Harry Potter um yeah, all of it. You name it, they probably make it. It's super comfy. I love the fact that they are currently doing, um, they're doing Marvel right now. Mm-hmm. And they just do a lot of Ahsoka stuff, yes. which you don't find. And I just, yes. I love it. Um, but it was, it was interesting when they announced that Ahsoka was going to join season two. Yeah. Because she has, she had the, before, you know, we knew what she was going to what she was going to come in and do as she had the capability to open up this universe to Mm -hmm. so many more possibilities because at this point in time which I really can't wait to dive into you don't understand why nobody knows what the force is 
Right. And they don't really remember Jedi. Yep. And none of that is, and it's only been five years. Right. It's a five-year gap between Empire, or not Empire, um, Return and start of, of The Mandalorian. Right. And so the fact that they were introducing her character really gave you this hope that you were going to learn maybe why everybody forgot Jedi or just get a little bit more information. Yeah. And the episode didn't disappoint. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. You, she's played in the, in the show by Rosario Dawson, who does mm-hmm. a fabulous job. Oh, yes. And I know one of my gripes with it when it first came out was that she wasn't as happy and peppy as she is in the cartoon. But also after thinking about it, I was like, you know what? She's been through a lot. Yeah, there's been a lot that's happened. She's probably not the same person she was. Yeah. But Rosario Dawson does a fantastic job of bringing this fan favorite character to life. And she gives you everything you know, you, you needed to know, you learn his name. His name is Grogu. And his little tiny face, when Din finally calls him Grogu, is just the most cutest thing in the world. He's just like, Dad, you called me by my name. You know. You know. I also just want to know what their conversation was. Yeah, and I would like to know when does Yo- when, do, when do Yoda start talking? Granted, I know right. his species is not Yoda, but I don't know what they're But we don't them. actually know what they're called, so. They're Yodas. Um, when, when do Yoda start talking? He's 50. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I like, I like the fact that she tells you why she can't train him. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people thought that he, she was going to be who was going to train him. Right. And, um, which would have been interesting, I think, if they would have done that, if they would have allowed her to train him. But I like the reason they didn't. Yeah. So, if you have not watched Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tana is the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Which doesn't fully make sense because he wasn't technically a master, but it's fine. Yeah. It's so fine. she is his Padawan and she she is very much just as reckless and, you know, quick to jump to conclusions and quick to go on adventures as he is. Yeah. And, um... One of the reasons she tells him that she cannot train Grogu is because his feelings and his connections to Jin. And everyone's like, well, I don't understand. She needs to learn that you can make connections and you can fall in love. And I was like, no, she saw her master fall to the dark side yep. because of his connections and his love for, for yep. Padme. And she's not going to fall. She's not going to fall into that trap again. Right. And so I just, I love the, like as much as I would have loved her to stay in the series, well, she probably she's getting her own spinoff series. Yeah, and I'm sure she'll be back. Oh yeah, but I'm sure we'll see more of her. Just like we'll I probably just, see more of Boba too. At yeah, some point, but. exactly. I just I love the fact that they they kind of took her her past history and yeah. made it as a reason as to no, I can't. Yeah. Not to mention Luke Skywalker. Sorry, we're gonna need an explicit <laughs> warning again. Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Just. <laughs> Just the entire final episode, just everything. I just like the fact that she takes the connections of his of of Baby Yoda's connections to Mando and yeah, I can't, I can't. Yeah. He's too he's too connected. That and the fact that she says he thinks she loves his father because um, yeah. yeah, because yes, Mando is his. You father. are his father. Yes, you are his father. That's fantastic. And he is your founder. Yes, 
<laughs> you were a family. And I, I still just want, I still just want the child to have his own tiny little Mandalorian armor yeah, and helmet <laughs> because uh, that would just bring me so much joy um, and just up the cuteness even more. Yeah, hold on. I'll drop this on our, 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 uh, yes. I'll drop that onto our social media platform. Excellent. But yeah, I have a and, picture of somebody dressed him up. Yeah. And he's called the Yodelorian. Yes. Also, going back to season one, yes. um, when, you know, Mando was having his little falling, for, I can't speak words, uh, when he was falling for the widow and stuff. I feel like she had to have just been looking at baby Yoda and just had to have been like, I wonder what you look like up there. Like, doesn't that hurt your ears? Thinking, thinking he's just a bigger version of Baby yes. Yoda. I came across a meme that somebody had like illustrated that point, and I was like, yes, this is canon now. I have decreed it. I it's accept fine. it. It's yes. fine. Yeah. Yes. No, I love it. That's fantastic. Oh man. But I'm actually really interested to see where her spinoff series goes. Yeah. Like I said, I have not, I have not Going watched back. final. Ahsoka's spinoff series, yes. not the Widows. <laughs> not the Widows. No, no, sorry. Um, you should get her own spinoff too. Exactly. We need to go back to that. I'm interested to see where it goes. Because like I said, I have not watched all, I haven't watched the final season of Clone Wars yet. I'm working on it. And yeah. I need to finish Rebels or start yeah. finish Rebels. Um, but people keep thinking it's going to have something to do around Thawne. Yes. Thrawn. And- Grand Admiral Fron, or as yeah. I like to think of him, Grand Admiral Fron, <laughs> which is just a shrimp, but in his imperial uniform. <laughs> Again, I did not come up with that. I just found it on the internet and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that is, that's wonderful. Um, and I'm just, I'm just really excited to get some more Ahsoka content because yes. it, it, she really is a lot of fun in the, in the, in Clone Wars and. Yes. So much fun that I decided it had COVID not hit. We were, me, Sam, and our friend Dana were all supposed to go to Cincinnati Comic Con last <sighs> September. And outside of our other cosplays, I was going to cosplay Ahsoka. Yes, um, we had it all planned out. I was very excited about it. Yes. We hope to go this year. Hopefully. Hopefully the world will be a little more yeah. balanced. Hopefully we'll be I able will. to do things. And I will be able to cosplay her. Yes. And we can use... We're the... novice cosplayers. We're yeah. New it's fine. Although I have a pretty uh, rad Steve cosplay from Stranger mm-hmm. Things. I just have to fix my bat. Because it's been sitting in the back, like a rear view window of my car. And so the like nails it. had kind of fallen out. Because they were attached to hot glue. And <laughs> you, have a, you have a pretty awesome light up Olaf's tutu to wear as well. I do courtesy of the one and only Shannon Hawkeye. I learned how to make a tutu. Yes. It was going to be so cute. She was going to be Olaf. I was going to be Anna. Yes. What was Dana going to be that day? Had she decided? Yeah, she was going to be someone from an anime. Okay. Was it Sailor Moon or no? Sailor Moon was going to be Saturday. She was going to be Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure it's Neptune. That sounds right. You'll get to meet meet Dana on our um, on our YouTube channel. She's going to give me Star Wars makeup. Yes. She knows the ways of the makeup. She does. We do not. (laughs) She texted me last night. She's like, What's your foundation color? And I was like, (laughs) Let me take a test. Find out. uh, Can I just uh, send you a picture of my skin? 
And you can find out because I don't even know how to find out those things. I took this quiz and it was like, you should wear beige. And I was like, is beige a color for my face? Anywho. This is the way. Uh, Like Dana handle all things makeup. Yeah, she does. She does. She was going to paint me orange. So it was going to be fun. Yes. I bought a crap ton of uh, baby powder. (laughs) So she could use that. For the body paint. Our, just that our body paint, our face Yes. Paint. Oh. Um, but going going back to the Mandalorian. Yes. Um, <laughs> when um, Pershing take, it's kind of going back to season one, but when Pershing takes the baby of his blood, um, I guess he does it again in season two. Um, it brings up that idea of cloning. Yep. And takes, been excited about this one. And it takes us to Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And good old Palpatine. Yes. Because Moth even says, you know, that the child's blood has the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. Uh-huh. And obviously we've like seen it being used for creating the dark troopers. So it could be that he's like envisioning, you know, the return of totalitarianism and the, for the dark one. troopers to, you know, enforce it. But... We also know that Palpatine transferred his soul to like a clone version of himself. Yes. On Exegol. Yes. And that he created Supreme Leader Snoke and yep. made more like him before being like, hey, it's your boy. I'm back. Guess what? I've been on this creepy planet for the longest <laughs> yeah, with this time. Bunch of these Sith cultists. It's fine. Um, so it's very possible that like some Imperial officers like Mothian were secretly serving Palpatine. And, you know, it would explain how he had the resources to create Snoke. Chapter 12, you know, of season two, when Mando, Kara, uh, and the others are clearing out the Imperial lab on Navarro. They come across a tank that has what looks like, well, it has a shriveled up body that looks like, you know, something reminiscent of Snoke. Uh-huh. And, I didn't even uh, think of that. Yep, and if you slow the music down a little bit, yeah, you can hear that the music that's playing is similar to Snoke's theme. No way! Yes. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> yes. So, it's very possible that the reason that he was after Grogu's blood was because he needed it to help Palpatine make all of these clones and to bring about the rise of the first order. So I'm excited that in future seasons we might be able to see more about the rise of the first order and bring in like kind of tie it in to the the, the following saga. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Interesting. That's really I I didn't find that I didn't find that one when I was doing my research. I never thought about it. Yes. I need to re so I've watched the first season twice. I need to rewatch the second season because yeah. I didn't even remember that body. Yes. That's fascinating. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, you just blew my mind. I'm very excited. <laughs> just I'm excited to like see everything tie together, you know. No, it's nice because yeah. currently we kind of just have this thing out in um the sequel trilogy, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. Um you know, where we know that eventually we get to this place where we have the first order and all this stuff, but we don't yeah. actually know how that comes about. And so I'm excited that we might get to learn. Right. Because that. No, no, same. Because like when I first saw Force Awakens, 
yes i one of my big my big questions was okay so we we took down the the we took down the empire right but how did this forced order come to rise right which is just another version of the, of empire. the empire so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very fascinating and then my whole question is is where's baby yoda during that whole oh, yep she banged so does he get killed in the whole i don't want to talk about hopefully it. not does he turn into a sith and then get killed i don't know that's that was a fan theory when that i was, was doing all my theory. research on fan theories one of them is that they think that um baby yodes could uh wield the dark saber Ooh. and go to the dark side i really don't want that to happen but yeah. and you I have see to, it. right see you it. have you have evidence for it because right. they talk about car uh so it tells you how he's angry right and how he has all these connections to people which jedi are not meant to have right. and you know he does try to force he doesn't try he does force choke car yeah, man season. yep just, so, just casual force choking people. Yep. So I can very much see it. Yeah. As much as I don't want to think about it. It's, also, very, it's a possibility. But also he isn't around in the sequel trilogies. Exactly. So maybe my boy Ben. Um, we aren't going to think about that. Your boy Ben kills my, my baby. Maybe, maybe my boy Ben kills your boy. But we won't talk about that. It's fine. No. She says this, we've already talked about it. Exactly. One of my other favorite fan theories, not that we're on fan theories, but people think that there's a whole planet of Yodas out there. Oh, I feel like there has to be someplace. Maybe, or maybe they're, I don't know. So we, we alluded to this conversation earlier in the episode when we talked yes. about eggs. The internet's panic. Oh my gosh. Baby Yoda eating little old frog ladies eggs. First off. He's a child. Whose father doesn't know pay very good attention to no. 80% of the time. And he just knows that they taste good and make a very satisfying sound when he slurps them up. Like, not gonna lie, if I had a food that made that sort of sound when I slurped it up, I feel like I'd be more readily eating it because it would be and fun. It's not, and it's not like Daddy Mando has rolls. Right. Right. And it's not like he ate all of the eggs. And, it and looks there's like plenty of them left. And it looks like in the second episode when Frog Lady meets her husband, he could only fertilize one of those eggs. Right. Which obviously we don't necessarily know if he then was able to fertilize others. But even so, there were still plenty of like eggs left. Hey, I mean, do you really want 125 children? That's a lot of tadpoles. It is. You only had one bowl. That bowl could only hold right. one tadpole. Also, though, I real concern so they're like the last they're just the last ones in their line right yes. not like their species no okay that's how i took it okay good i think i like that better because for a minute there you i had like this little crisis that was like oh this is like not even related to baby yoda but just thinking about uh the ecological uh repopulation concerns of <laughs> like okay are these the last two members of their species because then I was like okay they've got to you know fertilize all these eggs but then you're going to have them you know the only option is for them to like interbreed and then you're going to have all sorts of inbreeding problems and issues with recessive traits genetic mutations and I was just thinking 
the scientist side of me was coming out and thinking about how is this process of repopulation going to work? <laughs> so we're going to go with, they were just the last ones in her line. That's how I took it, that they cool. were, these, this was her last chance to have kids. Right. And that is why. Yes. She was traveling with them. Also, were you as concerned as I was when they were basically babysitting the child? And letting him play with their tadpole, because I was definitely I was definitely yeah. just waiting for him to just eat it. He likes frogs. Yeah, man. He likes to eat them. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And I was very proud of Mando for getting a, a legit babysitter this time yes. when he went off. He didn't just leave the baby with yes. some random person. Yes. Also, or just in the racer crest. Some of them have worked out fairly well. Yes. <laughs> yes. The lady on Tatooine, whose name I cannot remember. Uh, Pelly something. Pelly, yeah. Yes. Um, what the pit droids. Yes. Um, she worked out well. She and worked out well. IG-11 was a fantastic Oh, nanny. yeah. Once he was, you know, reprogrammed, reprogrammed. To, to be a nanny droid. Okay. That sequence of Quill reprogramming him and bringing him back was yes. so <laughs> sweet and so heartfelt. Yes. I loved it. Also, the moment where he was just, you know, walking out ahead of them. Yeah. So that they could leave and escape. Yeah. Oh, ideal. Good redemption. These droids, they get me. We could do a whole episode on droids. Oh my gosh. We'll we'll have to write that down in the notes. Yes. To do an episode on droids. I'm I'm writing that down right now, just in all. I love, I love, I love Star Wars droids. Yes. And I can uh, talk about my my precious cinnamon roll, BB-8. Sweet, sweet cinnamon roll. Yes. Not to mention he looks like a cinnamon roll. He does. He does. Yeah. Well, should we go ahead and uh, chat about our stance? Yes. Our personal rankings. Our personal rankings. All I'm right. Good to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Because mine are a little bit more of a cop-out, not a full, like, ranking list. <laughs> That's fine. I, I have, like, scribbles because I, like, couldn't figure out where I wanted to put movies. That's fair. So how are you going to do yours? So I have kind of separated mine into, like, three different tiers. Okay. The top tier being, like, my favorite, followed by a mid-tier, and then mm-hmm. the lower tier. Okay. And I did not include a couple of films that you included I like just stuck to the trilogies. Okay. So maybe I go first and then you can chat and then we can piggyback off of some of the things you said. Definitely. Um, So for me, the original trilogy will always be the best. All three of them will always be the best. Um, I do tend to rank New Hope and Return of the Jedi a little bit above Empire, Mm -hmm. which makes sense for like the second movie in a trilogy. But I think just the novelty of the story and the, I don't know, the entire universe really just, you can never compare to the original trilogy in my mind. Um, even just going down to how they handled sets and everything because it was, you know, in the 70s and mm-hmm. um, such, they used a lot more like physical sets mm-hmm. um, because they just simply didn't have the resources to do all the CGI. And I just, I personally like that in a film. I think, speaking of that, I think yes. it's really cool that you, you bring up sets because 90% of The Mandalorian is filmed on screens. That's wild. 
yeah you should look that up is the, wild you, you you and like our listeners should really look up and see where they film it it yeah. is just a massive like computer screen like huge yeah. all the way in like in like a half circle and then they have like a big dome circle that comes down and it and yeah and then they put whatever yeah. they need in there and that's how they film that's awesome the only there's a few times they do film outside yeah um but yeah for a lot of it it is it yeah. is screened and now we're to a point where i think it works out well mm-hmm. but back with then mandalorian but like with the prequel trilogies it would have been hard it was oh my gosh oh my goodness it's one of the reasons cgi i uh, can't uh, it gets me it gets me but yeah so i personally just have to put like all three of the original trilogy movies top of the line (laughs) and then i'll probably group two of the sequel movies with phantom venice Mm -hmm. for my second tier so i've definitely got phantom menace force awakens and brides of skywalker in the same bucket and I personally love Shrives of Skywalker I did too okay good I thought you said you you don't for a second I was like wait I thought we were on the same page as this no I I I I greatly enjoyed Rise of Skywalker yes (laughs) but I'm also the person that goes to the movies to just be entertained oh yeah and I'm so happy just to be back in that fandom right there are very few critiques that I can I can hold oh yeah at least for like most of the ones. There are yeah. some issues in Last Jedi that I can bring up. And yeah. that's why it falls into the bottom tier Same. with Attack of the Clones and the Revenge of the Sith. And don't get me wrong, Attack of the Clones is my jam growing up. I used to watch that all the time. I can still just like envision the scene where Anakin and Padme are in that little arena with like the three little creatures and all sorts of, I don't know. I feel like I just will sometimes just get visions of that scene and just be like, ah, yes, memories. (laughs) But I think what does it for me and and why I have Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith um, down in the bottom tier is, to me, it kind of felt like they put CGI over story a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of always my impression, was that the emphasis was more on the, oh, look at all this cool new stuff we can do and building out the I don't know, the visual aspects of the universe and such. Um, and I think it it kind of, to an extent, was placed on a higher priority level than the storyline. Yeah. And I think another reason why I feel that way is probably just because there was zero chemistry between Hayden Christensen <laughs> and Natalie Portman. <laughs> and I think another part that just makes that fall fall down is the script. Yes. I hate send. Yes. Like. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Which, just to say, that makes um, Ray burying his lightsaber on Tatooine in the sand. Like the biggest that's slap in the favorite. face ever. <laughs> I love, uh, that's one of my favorite memes. Oh, yes. It's so funny because they have like him just like looking angry in the background as she sinks it into the sand on Tatooine yes. where he was literally a slave. Yes. Not gonna lie though, I kind of understand his feelings about sand. <laughs> like, never been much of a beach person, <laughs> more of a mountains person. So I, I kind of, I kind of understand that one. But yeah, no, I think a lot of it has to do with the writing. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it, I think, has to do with some of the acting and just 
you know, sometimes you get actors and actresses who work really well together and click mm-hmm. automatically. Click. Just look at the Sherlock series. And part of the reason was that they chose someone specifically who clicked. Um, right. So that, you know, your dynamic duo meshed perfectly. Right. Um, and it's just magic when that happens. Mm-hmm. But then you definitely have other times when there's just a lack of chemistry. And it could be that they were very good. I don't know much about what was going on, like on set, like what their actual relationship was like. So it could be that, you know, they hated each other. It could be that they were best friends. But I think the important thing is how that translates to the film. And some of that is definitely impeded by the film writing too. Because if you're given a poor script, there's only so much you can do with that. But yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to function with a script that is lacking. Yeah, it would feel like not that I've ever actually acted, but no, it's fine. Yeah, so my my rankings are similar to yours. Yes. Um, like, like I said earlier, I did include Solo in Rogue One. Yes, um, I kind of went with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, my top three are Return of the Jedi, New Hope, and then Force Awakens. Nice. Um, Empire has moved up for me lately. I yeah. I, be a huge fan of Empire but the more I've watched it the more I've come to enjoy it mm-hmm. um I really like when R2 is beaten up is being beat up by Yoda I I think that part's yes. funny um so that one fell fourth for me and then it could on any given day it could actually swap with Rise of Skywalker for yeah. um and then for me I know this is controversial well, not really controversial okay. I love Solo <laughs> yes I think Solo is a fun movie. It is I enjoyed it. fantastic to watch. I had a lot of fun watching it. So that one actually yeah. top six for me. I really enjoy. I really yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed Solo. Um, and then I have Rogue One. Yeah. Now, I know that's an iffy one for some people. Yeah. Because they do all die at the end. Right. Um, and I know some people didn't enjoy it quite as much as others. Um, yeah. But I, I do enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think it's interesting just to see how... Yeah how hard it was to go and get these plans to blow the Death Star up. And I I think it's really interesting to give the, um, the Imperial, the Imperial soldiers a family and to make you feel for them because Jin, um, her, her dad is responsible for the Death Star, but he did everything he could to also defy them. So it makes you, makes you think about the fact that like you know you meet Finn who did the same thing um to know that those in those in the ranks were not all 100% for it right which I think was a fun yeah I know I personally also really liked I said I also personally actually really liked Rogue One yeah yeah not to mention Darth Vader has a fantastic scene at the end yes it really it parallels Luke's in in, uh the final episode of the Mandalorian too (sighs) Oh, man. Cool. Um, and then my eight through how to make an entrance. Yes, they do. My eight through eleven kind of run: um, Revenge of the Sith, Last Jedi, Attack of Clones, and Phantom Menace. Um, I kind of put Revenge of the Sith up there just because of nostalgia reasons. Yeah. Me and my me and my friend in childhood, we recreated it consistently. Right. It has it has nostalgia moments for me. Yes. Um, the main reason I just can't get behind Last Jedi, which I know. You either love it or hate it. For me, is I didn't like the fact that Luke shut himself out. Yeah. 
me, that's not how Luke would have handled anything. Yeah. I know he's a fictional character and they can make him do whatever he wants. Yeah. For me, I had a hard time believing that the boy who wanted to fix, to help save the planet would just turn his back on his sister. Yeah. And nephew and everything. It just, it didn't click for me. Yeah. I had a hard time, had a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, But there are parts of it that I enjoy. Yeah. There there are moments in it because I kind of like when Yoda comes and sees him and blows up the scrolls and and of course the poor one of my favorite creatures (laughs) the little porgs who were just created because there were so many puffins on the set that they couldn't get rid of yes i love that tidbit yes um oh man and i also i don't know i really just did not like the whole rose thin dynamic i don't know i like rose i just feel like it just was I don't know maybe it was too similar to life of like the whole unrequited unrequited yeah thing yeah I don't know it just was very awkward I wish she would have gotten I like Rose I wish she would have gotten more screen time in yeah um, Skywalker no I liked her I liked her character Mm -hmm. I just felt like the the forced love between her and Finn yeah that was that was a little uncomfy yeah so I never really thought about it to be quite honest with you so I can't really that's fair. But a lot of people also feel that way about, you know, Ray and Ben. Yeah, yeah, so. it's kind of it's kind of similar. Um because I know a lot of people thought that Finn and Ray should have ended up together. Yeah. Because that, of- to be fair, they don't really answer it. No, they don't. Necessarily. There's a lot of things that weren't answered. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it very well could have been that she ended up running off and eventually getting with Finn or she could have been you know a happy single woman for the rest of her life she not yeah that was one aspect sorry going back to Rogue One <laughs> one thing that I really appreciated with that film mm-hmm. I think I understood a lot of people's like concerns and beef with it um about some of the lack of character development quote unquote mm-hmm. that they viewed but also I was like yeah you know they're only gonna be around for one movie and they all die in the end so it's not like you have an entire trilogy to develop their characters. Exactly. But the one thing that I really did appreciate was at the end, you know, with Cassian and Jin. Right? Yes. Yes. Jin. Um, like I said, these names, man. But they didn't like force the love there. No. Which I was so grateful for that they just like could like friend hug and embrace and, and die together. And they were just friends, and it was glorious and beautiful. Yes. Not necessarily the death part, but yeah, but that yeah. they could just be friends, and that was okay. Right, and I like the fact that like it ends with Cassie and telling her, you know, your dad would be proud of you. Yes. Because that's kind of like what she was she was chasing the whole movie. Yes. Was to find her father. Yes. Ugh. I actually really do love her. Yeah, Cassian's actually going to get his own Disney Plus show. I know. With K two. Yes. Which he's just a droid that I love. Yes. K2SO. Ugh. It's right up there with, um, what's her face in Solo? Um, yes. L. L3. Yes. These droids again. Droid episode. They droid just episode. get you. We, we will do a droid episode in the future. Yes. But, um, yeah. So that's kind of where I stand. I mean, they could change. Yeah. Any. For the most part, Return of the Jedi is is always my favorite. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you why. Yeah. I just I've always loved that movie yeah. since since when I first started watching them. Right. 
And like for me, I think it's always going to either be New Hope or Return of the Jedi vying for first. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I stand. And, I, and um, as we close out our episode today, we have a, we have like a little tidbit about uh, yes. learn from characters. And I yes. can say that one thing you've learned from Star Wars and the Mandalorian is that you just don't stand in a dark hallway with the Skywalker. Just don't do it. It doesn't end well. Don't do it unless you want to die. Yes. By all means, if you're suicidal, then, you know, first off, seek some uh, some help. Help. Please. Um, for real, though. But also don't stand in a hallway. Don't stand in a hallway. It's, it's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Oh, man. This has been fun. It has. Well, I can go ahead and close this out. Thank you all, first off, for uh, tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you are uh, in the world. Um, if you are interested um, in creating a podcast yourself, uh, make sure that you go check out Anchor. Um, you can either go to anchor.fm or find the Anchor app in whatever app store you use. Uh, but they're a great resource for actually making podcasts. They have all of the uh, resources that you need to uh, record, edit, uh, publish, distribute um, your podcasts. It can end up in all of the, the major platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them really. Um, and then you also have great options through Anchor to actually monetize your podcast and get sponsors if that's something that you wish to do. Uh, so check that out. Um, also want to give a shout out uh, for the audio recordings. At least we get a lot of our stuff from Pixabay um, and Zapsplat. Um, I believe our intro and outro music is by Owl Glance um, on Pixabay. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the sound effects that we use are from zapsplat.com. Um, so check those out for all of your audio needs. Um, and be sure to uh, follow us uh, on Instagram, uh, Spotify, not Spotify. You don't really follow. Well, you do follow people on Spotify. Yeah. But yes, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. Um, and on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and also hit the little notifications bar button yes. so that you can um, get alerted to when we post other videos. Yes. Absolutely. We're going to start coming at you with some other, some other, uh, other content. Fun yeah. Content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Um, that'll just help us to reach more people um, and just bring more people into our, our conversations. Um, to sit back, relax, have a cup of spotchka, and uh, just converse about fandoms uh, and pop culture things. So um, with that, this has been Samantha and Shannon with Thoughts from the Flu, and we will see you soon. <laughs>